Welcome to Sunday Morning at Faith Assembly, featuring the ministry of Senior Pastor Phil Goss. We're glad you've joined us. Now, here's Pastor Goss. We're in the series that we've entitled, More Connected But More Disconnected. How that you and I are connected to so many things because of technology and just the society that we live in, and yet it just... And that, all that connectedness, we're just more connected to one another and more connected to God. And so we've tried to talk about what do I do to be more connected to God? Because if I'm connected to Him, the rest of life gets a lot easier and a lot better for me, doesn't it? So this morning what we're going to talk about is this subject. You know, when I come to God, how do I know it's God? How do I know the thought that I'm having is godly? How, how do I know it's Him? So that's what we're going to look at this morning. Now, as we do, there's a story I want us to look to. It's found in Matthew chapter 16, verse 13. Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, and he asked his disciples, who do people say the son of man is? And well, they replied, you know, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, others say Jeremiah, one of the other prophets. And he asked them, but who do you say I am? And Simon Peter answered, you're the Messiah, the son of the living God. And Jesus replied, you're blessed, Simon, son of John, because my father in heaven has revealed this to you. Peter, you heard from God. He told you what to say. You did not learn this from any human being. Now I say to you, you're Peter, which means rock upon this rock, the confession that you just made, I will build my church and all the gates and powers of hell will not conquer it and I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven, whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven and then he sternly warned the disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Messiah. His time hadn't come, he wasn't ready for it yet. So, Here's this guy, Peter, he hears from God. God gives him the answer. Jesus said, Simon, you heard this. You didn't come up with this on your own. That was God talking to you. Now, later, not that much later, we're not really given the time. It just says in verse 21, from then on, could have been next hour, could have been next day. Jesus begins to tell his disciples plainly that it was necessary for him to go to Jerusalem and that he would suffer terrible things at the hands of the elders, the leading priests, the teachers of the religious law, and he'd be killed on the third day. He would be raised from the dead. But Peter, same guy, right? Took him aside and began to reprimand him for saying such things. You know, you're not in solid ground when you try to correct Jesus. You know, it's just not a good thing, is it? And so, you know, Peter here, this guy who heard from God one moment, he begins, Lord, you, you forbid, you should never say anything. This will never happen to you. And Jesus turned to Peter and said, Peter, this time you've heard from Satan. Get away from me. You're a dangerous trap to me. You're seeing things merely from a human point of view, not from God's. One moment the guy hears from God has a revelation. The next moment he thinks he hears from God and he doesn't. I relate to that. One moment you're connected, the next moment, where did that come from? Same guy, two different times, two different impressions. One time it's godly, one time it's not. One moment you're listening to Satan, the next moment you're listening to God. 
Because our minds are constantly filled with thoughts, with impressions. Some are from God, you know, you have these conversations there. Some are from Satan, and some are just you talking to you. Now, I know you like to talk to you. After all, you're always looking for somebody intelligent to talk to. And so, you know, you're looking to you, talk to you. But there comes this point of, okay, pastor, I've got all these things going on. And how do I know it's God? How do I know it's Satan? How do I know it's me? Because sometimes God gets blamed for things. It was just me. Sometimes Satan gets blamed for things. It was just me. Sometimes I think it's God. It's not. How do I know? There's constant thoughts, constant impressions. How do I know which is which? So how do you know when God is talking to you? How do you know that thought that you have is godly? So let's begin. Number one, does it concur with the Bible? Does it concur with the Bible? In other words, does it line up with what Scripture says? Now, I can't tell you how many times over the years I have heard people say something similar to this. Well, pastor, I know what the Bible says, but I, and the moment they do that, I know they haven't heard from God. And I know what they're about to do is wrong. Well, I know scripture, but scripture's kind of out of date. I'm not sure it's relevant like it used to be. And in today's modern times, everybody kind of believes this, and everybody thinks this way, and, and I kind of agree with that. I see that. That makes sense to me. So I kind of believe that you haven't heard from God. You're going your own direction. Satan's taking you astray. Most of the things you need to know are found in the Bible. You just need to follow it. But you see, we always think, well, the scholars say it's maybe this way now, and maybe there were some things following here, and maybe it's not. After all, I know what it says, but you know, really, today, that was written way back then. It's no, truth is always truth. No matter how old it is, it's still true. And so, how do I know I'm hearing from God or from me or from Satan? Does it line up with God's Word? If it's not lining up with what God's Word teaches and proclaims, it's not a godly thought. Let it go and go on. Well, but I'm really... No, no, no. Let it go. You know, lines up a scripture. Well, there isn't a verse that specifically says that. No, there's not. But follow the principles of scriptures and what it teaches. Psalm 119, verse 105, your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. Your word directs my steps. I promised it once. I'll promise it again. I will obey your righteous regulations. I will obey your truth. I will obey your commands. Well, it doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't have to. As a parent, you tell your kids to do something. It doesn't make sense to them. It doesn't have to. You see, we live in a day and time where we think that, well, if somebody questions, I need to explain myself. No, if I'm the parent, it's because I said so. 
And if you're a Christian, it's because he said so. Well, I don't understand it. I don't care. It's because he said so. And so you and I come to that place. How do I know it's godly? How do I know it's me? Does it line up with what God's word teaches? 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture, all of it is inspired by God, is useful to teach us what is true and what is, (laughs) oh man, here's what we don't like. It helps us realize what's wrong in our lives. We don't like anything that tells us we're wrong, do we? Well, everybody else is doing it. Okay, but what does Scripture say? It corrects us when we're wrong. It teaches us to do what is right. If you don't get any of the other points today, I would pray that you get this one. God's Word is true. And how do you know whether it's God? God will never contradict His Word. Well, I know he said that then, but I think I heard a different thing for today. No, you didn't. God uses it to prepare and to equip his people to do every good work, to do what's right, to be obedient to him. Hebrews chapter 4. The Word of God is alive, powerful. It's sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword. It's cut between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. See, God's Word comes, how do I know it's God? Because it goes against a lot of things that I'm thinking. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God. Everything is naked and exposed before His eyes, and He is the one to whom we are accountable. Well, you know, I, I know what the Bible says, and I, and I understand that, and I was raised in the church, and I, but I just don't agree with some of the things. Oh, so you're going to write your own book? You're going to make up your own rules? Well, yeah, I, I think I, I, I know what's best for me. No, you don't. God's Word does. James chapter 1. Don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourselves. For if you listen to the word and don't obey, it's like glancing at your face in the mirror. You see yourself, you walk away, and you forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, And if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. How do I know it's God? How do I know it's me? How do I know it's... Does it line up? Does it concur with what the Bible teaches? And if it doesn't, that's not a God thought. Got it? Yeah, 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 yeah. And today, we're very good at making up our own rules and regulations. Well, I know what that says, but. No, no, no. The moment you do that, that's not a godly way. Guaranteed. And I believe that's where a lot of people miss it. Like I say, if you can get that one and put it in a place in your life, it'll make a huge difference. Second, 
does it make me more like Christ? You see, the purpose of me being a Christian is so that I can become more Christ-like. God saves me when I am willing to confess my sins and accept the work of Jesus Christ on the cross where he died and rose from the dead and conquered sin. And when I believe in him, I become a Christian. From that point on, I live my life to become more godly, correct? To become more like Christ. So I need to ask myself, is this thought that I'm having, is this what I'm hearing, what I'm thinking, is it more Christ-like and will it help me be a stronger, better Christian? Let me just say something else here, and I know you've heard it a lot, but I'll keep saying it. Does it bring me closer to others? Because Christ loves people. Boy, I wish he'd get off this dead horse. No, that horse is alive. And see, well, I believe God's telling me not to forgive those people. No, first of all, that's not what God's word says. And secondly, that doesn't make you more Christ-like. Christ forgives. Christ always loves. Christ never gives up. And so I have to ask myself, if I'm about to do this, and if I think this is what I want to do, how is that going to affect my reputation, my stand that I say I'm a Christian Are people going to look at that choice and think, wow, that's a godly choice? Am I going to look at that choice and know, you know what? I'm doing something that I know honors God. A few years back, everybody was wearing a little bracelet or something that said, WWJD. What would Jesus do? Still a great question, isn't it? Is this something that's going to make me a better Christian, a better person, because it makes me more Christ-like. Ephesians 4. We'll no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. You know, that's another thing. (laughs) What you hear in the media today Sounds truthful, but much of it is not. Because a little truth mixed with a little lie is 100% lie. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. Everything we'll do, I want to grow more like Christ. I want to be more Christ-like. 1 John chapter 4, verse 16. We know how much God loves us, and we have put our trust in his love. God is love, and all who live in love live in God, and God lives in them. And as we live in God, our love grows more perfect so that we will not be afraid on the day of judgment, but we can face him with confidence because, here it is, we live like Jesus here in this world. We're not called to live like everybody else. We're not called to be a little bit better than everybody else. We're called to be like Jesus. 
And so if the choice I've got to make and the thoughts that I'm having, how do I know which ones are godly, how which ones are me? Because I'm, I'm kind of selfish by nature, right? Which ones are, are the devil? Well, the godly ones are the ones that are going to make me more like Christ. Okay? Uh, all right. So there's a good start. All right? Does God's Word say it? And is it going to make me have a good reputation? Is, am I going to set a godly example? Well, no one cares whether I do this or this. God does. Well, I know it's kind of questionable, but I think I can do it and it'll be all right. Is it going to make you more godly? If not, it's not a godly thought. Thirdly, is it convicting rather than condemning? Okay, let me help you define this. God doesn't want you to live under condemnation. Satan does. Satan will tempt you to do something and he will tell you it'll be okay. And you'll have that, godly, that thought that's not from God. Saying, yeah, you can do this. It'll be all right. Nobody will know. You can do this. Do it like this. And then once you do it and it doesn't work out and you're found out and you begin to recognize it was wrong, you know what he does with it then? He beats you up with it for the rest of your life, doesn't he? And some of you are carrying some guilt from some of the things in the past that you've done. And Satan is doing his very best to not let it go. Because he wants you to live under condemnation. God doesn't condemn you. Well, where do you get that idea from, Pastor? It's this little book called the Bible. Romans 5. Since we have been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, he will certainly save us from God's condemnation. Romans 8.1. So now... There is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. Pastor, you don't know what I've done in my past. I don't. God does. And you know what? He doesn't condemn you for it. You shouldn't condemn yourself. And sometimes ourself keeps beating ourselves up because of what we've done and the mistakes that we've made. And God says, look, that's not me. I'm not beating you up. Satan will say, look what you did. You should have never done that. You're going to pay for that the rest of your life. And I'll bet when something bad happens to you, I'll bet it's God punishing you for it. That's not God. See, what God does is he convicts. What's the difference? Conviction is, I know I'm wrong. I know it was wrong. I know I'm guilty. I go to God. I ask him to forgive me. And he gives me forgiveness and grace and mercy. And it's done. It's forgiven. It's gone. It's dealt with. God, I'm sorry. I made a mistake. I was wrong. Will you forgive me? And God says, yes. And I'll tell you what, we'll just forget that. Let's go on. Satan, you, oh, I was wrong. I shouldn't have done that. Well, will you forgive me? Yeah. Well, okay. But I'm still feeling guilty because of it. I'm still feeling bad because of it. I still regret it. I still have all these issues because of it. That's not God. God is in the forgiving business, the convicting business, what the Holy Spirit does. He brings it to us. He says, look, you don't need to carry this guilt along. God doesn't want you to live in guilt. 
you should feel guilty for about a second. And then you go to God, ask for forgiveness, all my guilt is gone. That's what God does. So if you, in your mind, are constantly beating yourself up, are you constantly thinking, this is happening to me because God is punishing me, you are not having a godly thought. You're having a thought from Satan, or you're having a thought from yourself because you can't let it go and won't let it go, and you just keep beating yourself up for it and never get past it. God says, when you come to me, everything is made brand new, and I give you a new life. The old is gone. The new is here. It's over. Let's move on. And so how do I know whether that thought is God or me or Satan? God says, look, we're not going to just wink our eye at guilt. We're not just going to act like it didn't happen. We're not going to just say, oh, well, it's just the way it is. We're going to come and we're going to address it. But I don't want you to feel guilty the rest of your life. I want to forgive you. And if you will come to me and confess your sins, I will forgive you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. And you and I did that when we accepted Christ as our Savior. But you know what? We still mess up, don't we? And God says, look, I'm not in the punishment business. I'm in the forgiving business. And I want to forgive you. And if you'll come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, I'll give you rest. I'll give you forgiveness. It's gone. It's done. It's over. Now, we have a hard time forgetting that, don't we? And you know what? Satan will do everything he can to keep you reminding about it. And every time that thought comes back into your head, you need to stop for a moment and say, hold it. That thought is not a thought from God. God has forgiven me, and I get to live in his forgiveness. So how do I know? Is it convicting rather than condemning? Does it cause me to live by faith? Well, you know what? If I just hear from God all the time, then I'll never have to worry about anything. Everything will just be perfect and life will just go smooth. If I could just learn to do that, I'll never have to do anything else. And God tell me I'll do it and life will be wonderful and I'll never think about it again. Oh, no, no, no. Let me just tell you something. Even when you hear from God, you still have to live by faith. Noah. Here's this guy that God says, Noah, I want you to build a big boat. And I'm about ready to send rain and flood the land. And Noah, up to that point, had never seen rain, didn't know what rain was, and didn't understand boat. God gave him directions. For years, he built a boat. Boy, I hope that was God. Right? There's still faith involved, isn't there? Obedience always demands faith. You look at people in Scripture. Abraham, I'm going to make you a father of many nations. Your, your heritage will be as many as stars are in the sky and sand on the seashore. And Abraham goes along, doesn't have any kids. I hope that was God. But he believed God. 
and he held on to it, and God was faithful. So don't think that if I hear from God, it'll be as clear as can be, and I'll just understand everything and know exactly everything that's going to happen. No, you will still have to live by faith. Tells the disciples, I'm going to come back for you. Until I do, keep working. They keep working. Boy, I hope he's coming back. They still believed. They kept working. Habakkuk 2.4. Look at the proud. They trust in themselves. Their lives are crooked. But the righteous will live by their faithfulness to God. Well, what if I do something, I think it's God, and I am an obedient, and it ends up that it wasn't? First of all, good for you. You were faithful. Second of all, if it wasn't, God still works, and God still forgives, doesn't he? God's not going to ask you to do anything mean and nasty, right? So I can still do that. <laughs> what happens if, you know what, God, <laughs> I love this person, I'm going to keep loving them, and yet God doesn't want me to. I don't think you're going to lose anything by keep loving people. You can work that one through later, okay? <laughs> Hebrews 10. Patient endurance is what you need now so that you will continue to do God's will. Then you will receive all that is promised. You and I still walk by faith because we're still some of those. I believe he's coming again. We've just sung it this morning. I believe that's going to happen. And I'm going to keep walking because that's what faith demands because I believe it. For in just a little while, the coming one will come and not delay, and my righteous ones will live by faith. I'll take no pleasure in anyone who turns away, but we're not like those who turn away from God to their own destruction. We are the faithful ones whose souls will be saved. We're going to keep serving God. It will still demand faith. You know, God is slow sometimes in what he wants to do according to our ways, isn't he? But God's always on time, isn't he? And so I keep believing. I keep trusting. I keep waiting. God knows what's important. God knows when it needs to happen. God, this is what I, I believe you're telling me. I will keep holding on to that and being faithful to you until the days happen. You know, I've had people ask me who aren't Christian, well, what happens if you're wrong? And God isn't real. And what, what do you say to that? I go, well, I don't think I've missed anything. I've lived a good life. I tried to live a life that pleased God and did what was right and righteous. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And I can look at them and say, but what happens if you're wrong? It's a whole other story. The righteous will live by their faith. And it will cause you to still live by faith. Does it correlate with godly values? Godly values. I'm going to give you three things under this that I, I watch people get wrong that are very critical in this. So does it line up with the values that I have with other people? First of all, godly people. Godly people. You see, 
I should have myself surrounded with some godly people who I can go to for advice. You know what? I sense God's telling me this. I have some questions about a decision I need to make. Can you help me maybe sort this through? Can we talk about this? Would you pray with this for me? Would you, uh, you and I kind of agree together and do that? And I'd like to hear what you have to say. You don't go listen to your friends that you go to at the bar on Friday nights. They're going to tell you what you want to hear, aren't they? You don't take a poll until you finally get somebody who tells you the answer you want. You go to someone that you know because of their life and the way they've lived that they're a godly person. Psalm chapter 37. The godly offer good counsel. They teach right from wrong. Proverbs 12, the godly give good advice to their friends. The wicked lead them astray. So who are you going to believe? Somebody that, you know, isn't godly at work that you work with and you ask their opinion? They're not going to give you godly counsel, are they? You want to hear from somebody who takes some time and lives a life that backs up Christian values. What are godly people saying to me? Well, what if I ask them and I don't like their answer? Well, then you get to hear from yourself or from Satan. And please hear me. You still have to use discernment. You still have to do what you know God's telling you to do. But it's good to get counsel. Secondly, godly peace. Here's the one that just, oh, again, over the years, I've heard this more than I care to admit. Well, pastor, I've really got peace about this. Well, you shouldn't have. (laughs) Your peace might be your peace, but it's not godly peace. And just because, well, I feel really good about this. That's your self-talking. First of all, it's not lining up with scripture, so you shouldn't have any peace right there. Second off, it's a horrible mistake. It's not going to make you more like Christ. So God says, look, I've got a peace for you. And remember, I didn't put it in the notes, but God says, look, Jesus said, I've got a peace for you. The world can't give it to you. I can. Philippians 4, 6. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. That's really great advice. Tell God what you need. Thank him for all he's done. Notice two things to do. Then you'll experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. God wants to give you peace in this. Well, I know what I'm supposed to do and I'm waiting. While you're waiting, you have peace, don't you? You know that God's going to take care of you. You don't need to worry. See, if you think you've heard from God and you're worrying... Worry is not a godly thing. And if you've got worry in your life, you have not heard God. Well, that little light bulb went off for some of you, didn't it? 
God doesn't want you to worry. He doesn't want you to be afraid. So if you're going to hear from God, he's not going to put fear in it other than the fear of God, and he's not going to put worry in it, is he? No, it's the answer. You were a little late in answering that. No. So godly people, you know, that line up and correlate with godly values, God's peace that lines up with what Scripture teaches, and then a godly purpose. What's my purpose in life? To honor God. Matthew six thirty three. Seek the kingdom of God above all else. Live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. You live that life, you'll hear God. Your thoughts will line up. Does it advance God's kingdom? His principles, his love, his mercy, his grace, his desires. So you and I like Peter a lot. One moment it's God, next moment it's not. We just need to be careful of how we're going to put things into practice in our lives because we want to be connected to God, not disconnected. And if all I do is listen to me or listen to what the enemy is trying to do to me, I'm going to be disconnected from God, aren't I? But if I hear him, obey him, it brings me close to him. And let me just tell you something. The more you obey God, the easier it is to know what kind of thoughts you're having. The more you obey and do what's right, the clearer it becomes. So I would encourage you today, take some time, monitor your thoughts, your prayers, and discern, is this God? Is this me? Or is it Satan? You can know the difference if you're willing to allow truth to be into your life. So maybe you're here today and you've been living life on your own and you think you're hearing God and you're doing things just that you know you want to do and you're living for you and not living for God. And maybe you need to make a step across the line today and start listening to God rather than yourself. Maybe you're a Christian here today and it's kind of like Peter, sometimes yes and sometimes no, but maybe there's areas in your life where you're wanting something very badly but you don't have peace about it. You, you know down deep inside it's probably not what you need or what you, what you should have. Are you willing to allow God and what he wants to supersede anything you want? Are you willing to be the example and model of him and be more like him? What is in your life today that you need to adjust in how you hear? And how you think. Could we bow our heads and take a moment just between us and the Lord today? God, would you help us? God, would you help us not to make things cloudy? Help us not to allow our thoughts and our wants and our wishes to get in the way of your truth. 
Help us not to allow the enemy to influence us because he will make a lie sound like the truth, but the results are never right. And so Lord, today we want to be connected to you. More connected than we've ever been. Would you help us to hear you, to know the thoughts of our life are in line with you and to hear and to obey. We thank you today that we can know the truth and that truth will set us free. Help us to live in that truth today, I pray in thy name. Amen. Thank you for joining us for today's service. If you would like to talk with someone about what you've heard, please visit our website at faith.ag or call us at 239-543-2700. If you're in the Fort Myers area and don't already have a church home, you're invited to join us for Sunday morning at 815 and 1045 a.m. Faith Assembly is located at 7101 Bayshore Road. Join us again next week for Sunday morning. Faith Assembly Sunday Morning is a production of Faith Assembly Media Tech, North Fort Myers, Florida.